little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, nerds and nerdettes, junior ambassadors of all ages, and welcome to another mini episode of the Nerd Data Nations podcast. I am your co-host and ambassador to the Midwest United States, Jared Boots, and tonight we're starting a new segment called Let's Talk About It, where we look and just have like a nice, quick discussion about divisive movies, and boy, are we picking a good one to start this topic off on. Uh, I cannot do this alone. I am, of course, joined by my faithful companion, my podcast co-host for life, the ambassador of the Great White North of Canada, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how you doing? I'm doing very well. And I'm excited to talk about the film that we picked to talk about today. <laughs> I sense some sarcasm in there a little bit. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're unsure. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think we'll we'll have a uh, fun conversation. So. Melissa's insert feeling here to talk about <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now it's. I would say not since Halloween Kills came out last October have the the slasher fans at least been divided. The slasher community been divided on what to feel about this film. <laughs> yeah, I I've seen a lot of um, a lot of dislike for it, but then also you know a lot of love for it, and and I mean you know. The, the, you know, like a lot of people were, you know, they, they didn't really have any expectations going in. They just, you know, enjoyed it for what it was. And that's and they ended up, you know, liking it. And I mean, I can I can respect that. But, um, you know, because everybody's allowed to have their own their own interests and in, in likes and dislikes and things like that. But um, I, I'm on the side of the people that that didn't so much get into this movie uh in a nutshell i would say i like parts of it and there's a lot of parts i really don't like um so you talked about how people came in with no expectations into this film uh where were you in that camp i when I saw the the trailer for the the movie, I was skeptical, and it sort of lost me at, at one point where, and and this is hardly a spoiler because it was in the, the trailer when they have the group of young people in the bus, and the one guy he's like, "Oh, you're getting canceled, you're getting canceled, bro," or whatever the hell he says, and 
Oh. Try to think of canceled, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it just lost me. And I thought, you know, I don't want to see this. I don't want anything to do with it. So, yeah, I, I really had very low expectations of this movie because it, it, just from the trailer alone, it just didn't. It, it didn't really pique a lot of my interest, and it, it just didn't look like it was going to be a very well-constructed movie. So I, I'm definitely on the side of very low expectations, but the expectations didn't really allow me to like the film. With that, make Binks did a mic drop. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I'm a little bit different than you. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't my favorite of the slasher franchises, but I do enjoy the the films I have seen. Yeah, most of the camp that didn't really enjoy the remake, but um, I was excited to hear there was another Texas Chainsaw Massacre film coming. But I did not watch the trailer for it because I wanted to not be really. Well, I, part of it I didn't get around to it, and B, I just kind of kept not watching it. That way I could be pleasantly surprised. Mm. But when the Cinema Snob did an episode a couple weeks ago on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, he showed that very clip he talked about try anything and you're canceled, bro. And if my excitement for a film was a balloon. You could audibly hear it deflating. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, God. I remember talking about my friend Mikey at work. I'm like, if it's going to be like a film, if it's Leatherface in 2022, if it's Leatherface in 2022 with 2022 slang and lingo, I don't think I can ha- I can handle all an hour an hour and a half of that. And um, when the earlier reviews came out of it online, very divisive, easily, um, mostly in the negative. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are for one, we are going to try to keep this conversation as positive as we can. But with some of the things in this film, it's going to be awful hard to keep that positive. Um, but I try to keep those negative reviews out of my head going into it Saturday night. And like I said at the top of the episode, there is things about this movie I really like and things I really don't like about it. So what were what were the things that you liked about it? Huh. You know what? A lot of people say they like the bus scene where Leatherface is laying waste to all those kids in the bus. Yeah. That's really not one of my favorite scenes in the film. But one thing I did really enjoy the film, <laughs> uh, one thing I really did enjoy about this film is I did love seeing entitled hipsters, self-entitled hipsters get what they deserve. Because... Much like the Jason franchise, the Friday the 13th franchise, they filled this film with a lot of unlikable characters to make them lay waste, uh, to make them cannon fodder for Leatherface. Um, 
So I did watch, love, which, you know, I didn't really enjoy the bus scene as much as everybody else did. I did love watching a lot of these self-entitled kids get what they deserve. Because another reason why we watch horror movies to begin with, like especially these cheap slashers. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, what were some things you enjoyed about the film? Mm. <laughs> um, I I did like some of the like the the cinematography of the film, like some of the, the shots and things were really cool and really nice. Like I, I did like that. Um, and I mean, yeah, like seeing the, the, the self-entitled hipsters, you know, get what they deserve. Like you said, I definitely enjoyed because you know they they were kind of up on their their high horse and so they kind of really got knocked down <laughs> so that was that was kind of satisfying and i mean i i didn't so much get into the bus scene but it was also kind of satisfying because the annoying ones died so <laughs> at least there's that <laughs> but yeah there really wasn't a lot I enjoyed about this movie. Um, it, I really feel it had the potential to be a good movie. I think there there was good intentions there, but the execution of it, it didn't really, um, it didn't really work. Um, so yeah, there, there really wasn't, I can't say anything more about what I really liked about the film other than what I mentioned. Well, what were some, if you had to pick, like, if you had to pick one thing that you did not like about the film, like one overall issue you had with the film, what would it be? Is that it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. And I say that because it could not decide if it wanted to be a slasher movie or if it wanted to be a zombie movie or um, (laughs) if it wanted to be Halloween 2018. And it each one of those things, it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. And I really felt like it was just sort of, in general, all over the place. Because it really didn't know what it wanted to be. And I feel like they were using a lot of, you know, like the the kills and things to cover up for the lack of story that was happening in the movie. I agree. I think of... Of those three things you listed, it is heavily. I believe you called it a, a bargain bin Halloween 2018. Discount bin 20, Halloween 2018. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And boy, did they ever make it obvious that they were copying Halloween 2018. Right. <laughs> Without being. And it doesn't even. It doesn't even pay. It doesn't even pay off. No. It, it doesn't. It it really there there's no effort to pay it off or 
have any redemption or anything like that. Like there's just nothing. It it openly fails and yeah, it it it, it tried but very but you take tried very loosely. Well, it's for example, so they're trying to sell this as being a direct sequel to 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which when we get to my turn, I, that's what I'm going to call bullshit on. But uh, so you have to assume that Leatherface has to be at least 80 years old and Sally mm-hmm. has to be 70 to 80 as well. And I had coffee with my friend Jasmine the other day and we, we just both watched the night before. <laughs> She goes, yeah, they're really going to send a 70-year-old Texas Ranger after this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) But at least, but at least, at least in Halloween Halloween 2018, at least, A, Lori Strode's still alive. B, she's only 57 in continuity to Michael Myers being 61. And she's a lot more uh, useful in the film than Sally is in this film. Yeah. Like she, yeah. Like, I mean, she's not even shown much in the movie. Like she gets to, you know, gets a phone call and, and then she maybe an hour later finally shows up and then ultimately fails in what she wants to do. Whereas, you know, if you look at, at Lori Strode, she was prepared. Like, you know, she's been dealing with this all her life, and she has prepared for it. And, you know, she's willing to finally do something about this and, you know, be a fairly strong character. Whereas Sally's just, she's, she's kind of there, but she's not there, and she's not very prepared for it. Even if she says she's been waiting 50 years for to do this. I really think it would be more beneficial to have Sally be the old woman in the, in the orphanage or like still living in that ghost town or even being a, uh, to, to steal from Friday the 13th uh, to be like a crazy Ralph type character. Yeah. Instead of being. Instead of being Sarah Connor version of a uh, Laurie Strode like we got in Halloween 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, but then like, you know, with this character, I really felt because I've only, you know, I've I've mentioned this quite a few times, but you know, only seen the first film, the original film, and I don't see Sally as like a, you know, like a Laurie Strode character. Like she was never more happy to be gone and then finally you know to escape from that and so i don't see her you know i I think she she would have trauma and things and you know but i feel like so many years later she would have moved on from it and it would have been something that maybe she would have you know taken time to heal from and move on like that that's just kind of what i get i don't get this lady who's like, oh, waiting 50 years to do this, I don't see that. It doesn't work for me. While we're on the subject, if I had to pick one thing that 
I really didn't like about this film. It has to be the continuity to the original. Because I was sitting there thinking to myself, there's no way this is a direct sequel to the original. Because the only continuity that we have to the original is Leatherface has a limp. Because at the end of the original, he cuts his leg with the saw. That's all the continuity we get. Mm-hmm. What happened to What happened to Grandpa and Drayden? Because they survived. Yeah. You mean to tell me like this 25, 30 year old man just went and lived in an orphanage after he killed four people? Yeah. And they didn't have a mom in the first one. It was just the three brothers and grandpa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how does the mom not, or it's is this supposed to be the mom or the caretaker of the orphanage, which have you? She looked younger than Leatherface did. (laughs) But, yeah, like, the whole time I was watching this film, like, is this supposed to be a direct sequel? What happened to Grandpa and Drayden? Mm -hmm. They, they, yeah. They they don't, they don't explain it. It, it, This film definitely leaves you with a lot of questions. Like, what happened to everybody else? You know, why is Leatherface at this orphanage um you know it's so many questions and none of them go answered and i think that for me that's the kind of the most irritating part of it is you're left with more questions than answers and you know you would think if you were making a you know a sequel of this like you're trying to do a you know direct sequel or something that you would tie it more to it, you know, a little better. You would, you know, think about these little details of where these other characters are, and, you know, you would explain that. You know, it doesn't need to even be a lengthy explanation, but you just have to explain that, because you're going to have people asking those questions. And they didn't do that. It's sort of just, okay, this is the world you're going to get, and you're going to have to just agree with it and go along with it. And that, people think I'm joking. I said, I really did ask like half the film, like where's Drayden? Where's grandpa? And of course the actor who played Drayden passed away sometime after Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. And John Dugan who played grandpa is still alive. Mm-hmm. So I just saw him back in September in, in the flesh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Grandpa was over 100 years old in the first one. So they, all they could have said was, hey, he died off. Yeah, yeah Grandpa and a brother who died. Because we know uh, his other brother, Nubbins, got hit by the truck mm-hmm. and died. So what happened to Drayton? What happened to Grandpa? Like, is, you're trying to tell me this is a direct sequel. Then, okay, why is he at an orphanage now? Because when he was essentially a grown-ass man mm-hmm. in the original... To say their face had to be what twenty five to thirty years old in the first one, yeah, he's a giant man child. But how did he just want? How did the full grown adult just wind up in this orphanage? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. And I, I probably will quote the cinema snob a lot of it too. I think he made fun of the opening while they're at, that's on the TV at the gas station at the beginning of the film. He's like, so was the first one supposed to be a documentary? Yeah. But what made me laugh was uh, 
the narrator also at least they brought back John Larroquette, so there's a, like a little carryover there from the original because mm-hmm. he was the voiceover of the original. Um, but one thing that rubbed me wrong at that was they said that Leatherface attacked these people. And I told Mikey the day we joked about it. I'm like, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> uh, those kids broke into Leatherface's house. He did. He didn't attack them. They broke into his house. He was defending his house. Yeah. It's not like you say that. You might as well just say that Kevin McAllister attacked Marvin Harry. Yeah. Okay. So Kevin McAllister is defending his house, but Leatherface attacks people that broke into his house. Yeah. It, it, something doesn't add up here. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we all agree that the, the they killed off the best character way too quick and that would be the guy that's there to fix up the town for him yeah so I think when he's introduced at the gas station and our quote unquote heroes are insulting him and given their highly opinionated views and dress, trying to dress him down and act all holier than thou on him. Like, I don't agree with a lot of the, like I, I lean more liberal than conservative, but I actually agreed with this guy more than our quote unquote heroes of this film. Mm-hmm. And I was sad to see him go, which really sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, definitely in agreement on that like that yeah i i i really liked his character and i and you know i i definitely agreed with him more than the other ones but you know i i don't agree with <laughs> hipsters on a good day so <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah it, it really sucked that his character had to go so soon like he they could have kept him around a little bit longer. Yeah. See, so like they were starting to give him some genuine heart and everything too. Yeah. You sit. I can't. I can't. I can't remember the name of the the sister, the one, the character that survived the school shooting. I, is it Layla or Lila or it was an L, didn't it? I think so. Uh want to see Lila, but, uh, but anyway. They, they, when she's wandering around the town and she walks in his garage and they're actually sitting there like having a genuine conversation, like a heartfelt conversation about stuff, and like he feels bad for her having to go through what she had to go through. Mm. They're having a moment and holier than now, a social influence her sister walks in and it's mm. too bad. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I really, I could say I, I definitely, you know, I, I really like that scene because it, it was so heartfelt and genuine, and, you know, it was, it was really good, and then it just kind of got stomped on by the, the, the sister barging herself in, you know, she has no idea what they're talking about or whatever, or doesn't even take a minute to realize this is what they're talking about, like. She just barges on in, and it just completely crushes that really good moment. 
Yeah, like God forbid we have a little bit of character development for more than two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too much character development. Let's stop this now by a <laughs> titled hipster coming in to ruin it. <laughs> but at least she got we deserve what she deserved, and I had to like force you to watch that part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I, ending is the that, that's the corniest ending I've ever seen in a horror film, I think, ever. And that that includes Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, when he gets turned into a little kid in the sewers. I would thousand percent watch Jason Takes Manhattan over and over again, then watch this movie. And that is saying something because that movie isn't very good either. <laughs> so, so peek behind the scenes. I had to like force Melissa to watch the rest of the film. She had what you had what twenty minutes left. Like, yeah, I, you gotta you gotta watch the corny ending. You gotta watch the corny ending. <laughs> I had like twenty three minutes left, and I just was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I just no, and I shut the TV off, and then. It was like, no, you gotta watch the, the ending, whatever. I'm like, ah. I, I audibly was like, ah, okay, fine. And so I watched it and it's like, oh my god, I was just honestly laughing my ass off all the way through that, all the way to the end, because it was just ridiculous. Ridiculous ending for a ridiculous movie. Yeah. But um, uh, any favorite scenes? I mean, a, a favorite Besides scene. The ending. <laughs> well, like we what we just talked about, like the the you know having that that heartfelt conversation, I think is is a favorite scene of mine because it really gives you know. <clears throat> Some substance to these characters and and you know really grounds them as as characters and you know i it's it it makes me sad that it was sort of that it was cut short but i do like that scene because it's it's you know genuine and it shows that guy isn't who you think he is he's he's not a dick he's you know he's got heart and you know he's willing to have this conversation and, you know, take that moment to, to talk about it. And I, I like that. I could say, I, I definitely like that. Um, and then, you know, it, it's always satisfying to see annoying characters die. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, they definitely got what they deserved because they were just these high and mighty people. And it's just, it, it warmed my, you know, slasher movie fan heart <laughs> to see the, what happens to them. So, yeah. I'd have to say I have to agree with the cinema snob. I think one of my favorite scenes is to be when Leatherface is trying to cut under the floorboards to get that girl, and he cuts open the shit pipe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Drowns that girl in shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny and disgusting all at the same time. <laughs> oh, that was great. Mm-hmm. 
it really made up for all the times so I was just sitting there shaking my head at the film. I, there, there was times I was audibly laughing. I, I think at the end when I think the end scene, I was like, audibly laughing. Like, okay, <laughs> I just started laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't laugh often during slasher films like that, but that had me rolling. That ending. Yeah. <laughs> which was which was nice because usually in like the last twenty minutes of that film I was kept asking, How are you not dead? Yeah. How are you not dead? <laughs> yeah, it uh and and you know, that's what I mean by like you know, it being uh trying to be like a zombie film because people died but then they ended up coming back to life not five minutes later and then dying like properly so it's almost like okay this time with feeling and then they die like (laughs) really (laughs) like the one guy who gets i think i I can't remember in which order people get killed but i think he's one of the first ones and he's like stumbling zombie style down the freaking sidewalk and it's like really dude (laughs) and then you finally die a second time and it's just okay well this like this I could say in his defense is like he doesn't really from his initial attack looks like he only gets what hitting like the neck or shoulder and he gets yeah. his face gashed a little bit so you could argue he didn't really get any fatal blows there yeah. so he could have bled out he could have bled out um the one that boggles my mind is Sally yeah that chainsaw went all the way through her right coming out her back and she and had enough strength like, to fire off like up and down and tossed her and she had enough and she had enough strength to get off what four shots of a shotgun yeah bullshit yeah. <laughs> like, i could call that in leatherface you can defend how he survives his blow because he's the main villain he can't die yeah so that's defendable. I, I, I could defend the first guy because nothing was severely fatal. He probably didn't die when he first got attacked. He probably just passed out. Yeah. But yeah, you could say he bled out in the street. Mm-hmm. But they, they really. But, yeah. yeah, but that, that whole change. Sa- Sally was the real, real mind boggling one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that takes the cake for the most ridiculous kill ever in the sense of it being genuinely ridiculous. Like, how the hell do you come back to, like, how how the hell do you survive that? <laughs> and have any energy to shoot four times and fail miserably because you couldn't hit the broad side of a fucking barn? <laughs> Like, what? Like, how is your spine not broken? Exactly. <laughs> how did you sit up and load those shells? Yeah. Like, you, you get a chainsaw through you and... How did, that, how did that chainsaw not hit every major organ on the way through besides right? your heart? Exactly. It would have tore shit up. 
Yeah, it that that was not a good not a good one because it come on now all the internal damage that would be caused by that and you're saying she can sit up and shoot a gun no no <laughs> I can't I can't even get think past it I can't no well, you, you know some movies where there's things that just okay, this couldn't happen, but you let it slide because it's just a part of the film and part of the fun of it. This is just like, no. No. <laughs> this doesn't work on any level. Everywhere everywhere in the internet right now, fans are like, look at these two slasher fans trying to bring logic into a slasher film kill. They'll go for anything, but oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, I guess a kill has to be pretty out there for like the slasher fans like us to say, "Oh, that's just ridiculous." <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's where that's where we draw the line is <laughs> somebody getting chainsawed and still living. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Freddie turns into a giant worm, tries to eat Patricia or a kid. That's fine. Jason yeah. turns into a little kid because of toxic waste in New York sewers. That's fine, but. <laughs> Woman sort of having a chance to go all the way through her. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Or <laughs> I can think of something even more. <laughs> yeah. We, we can accept, you know, reanimating a head and reanimator and a talking head. But <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess to the point we're trying to make is that the the fact that the the kill itself isn't ridiculous. It's the fact that she survives it, although briefly. Yeah. It still has the energy to. <laughs> it still has the energy to fire off a double barrel shotgun. It's yeah, like you like your point with reanimator. Yeah, a decapitated head, still able to talk and. Go down on a college student on Barbara Crampton. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's H.P. Lovecraft, man. <laughs> but, we, we can we can understand that. <laughs> that's well, not yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> that's a, that's only with one possibility. But yeah. uh, but uh, a seventy to seventy five year old woman that got a chance all all the way through her, like literally all the way through her, and still able to shoot up, sit up, and shoot a gun four times at least. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's just it's just not believable. I mean, I th- I feel like there are ways of doing of, of getting around that stuff. And it this just isn't believable on any level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Friday the 13th part 7. Jason beats a girl against a tree in a sleeping bag. Yeah. A little out there, but yeah. That would probably definitely kill her. Yeah. But that's just, that was, by the way, the point we're really trying to make is how did she survive that long enough to get some shots off on Leatherface? That's the thing. Yeah. And one thing I brought up with Mikey is like, she's standing four feet away from Leatherface in his room. And he just walks right by her. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
and her character and her character arc is she's pissed off because he doesn't remember who she is. Okay, a he's eighty years old. <laughs> this happened years. You're confronting him over something that happened fifty years ago. <laughs> and two, you were there. He know he's mentally not all there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you you really think he he's gonna remember you? No. Like and 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 she couldn't. She she had him right there. She had a gun. Like yeah. I, I I don't know. I just see in, in the in the new Halloween continuity, Michael might not know who Lori is because he got rid of the sister angle, but. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a big sticking point for Lori that Michael may not know who he is, but she's gonna make damn sure she remembers him or he remembers her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, 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 know, I know we try to make this positive. We've kind of gone off on the negative tangent. <laughs> I, I I can say like I said before, to to be. You know, to, to kind of hop on the positive train here, <laughs> it you know it it had the potential to be a good movie. Um, it, I mean, it could have been you know a standalone Texas Chainsaw film. Um, you know, they they could have just done that, and you know, and actually created some form of story because I. I you know, it, it really had the potential to be, a, a you know, a, a good movie. And I, I think they 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 had the best of intentions in mind. And, you know, I can I can commend them for it. But, you know, they, they had this idea and, you know, they they did try. But a lot of it doesn't really work it very well and i think that they should have you know done one a couple more passes of the script first and you know figured out what they wanted to do with this film and they they if they did that i think they could have made a really you know good film so yeah like it, it does have its good moments you know like you have heartfelt conversation and you know, you get the characters who you don't really like, and they get their due. So th- there's there are positive things to it, but you know, it it, it sadly falls flat. I really think this film would have done better, at least in my eyes, if they didn't try to sell it as a direct sequel to the original, because yep. there there's not much carryover to it. It's yep. yeah, Sally's still alive. Sally and Leatherface. Leatherface is a limp because he cut himself with the chainsaw. He's trying to chase the truck with Sally down. That's really all that carries over from the original. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think had they not tried to sell it as a direct sequel, if they didn't copy Halloween 2018's homework. <laughs> copy it, but don't make it look like you copied it. <laughs> it, it they really did not hide it at all that they copied Halloween 2018. That's that's what 
if they would have done their own thing, if this would have been its own standalone thing, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more than what I did. Yeah. I think I would have too. If they, you know, or if they just, yeah, like they made it a standalone, no trying to connect anything from any of the other stories, it, you know, it, it could have gone over a lot better. And I, and I think there would have been a little bit less divisiveness because I think people would have gotten into it. And, yeah. yeah. I think a reboot would have been better off than a sequel. Yeah. I'm probably joining the majority and saying this is the worst sequel in the franchise. A lot yeah. of people don't like a lot of people don't like Texas Chainsaw. I like Texas Chainsaw 3D mm-hmm. that came out what 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, and this one's the bad. Um, you do get a lot of good kills in it for a slasher movie. Um, I've said this with uh, my friend Jasmine, my friend Mikey. I've never seen Leatherface or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, at least in the originals. Is like real gory films. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I want to associate gore with slashers, Jason and Pinhead. That's why I really associate it with like gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some real good gory kills in this. Even though I've never really considered Leatherface to be a, like a gory killer. Yeah, kills are good. Uh, the effects look good. I am with our friend Guy Milks. Like, I don't think shooting this in 4K was the best of ideas. Like, I think it deserved to be like in the original grainy that the original was in. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks beautiful, but I think it was, I would have liked it better if it wasn't like 4K high def. Yeah. Because, like you said, there's some real beautiful shots in this film. Like when he's out in the when he's out in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some real potential in the fortune they kind of in hockey terms they choked on the open net they choked, they choked on the empty netter here I think <laughs> yeah I can agree on that it was a big clang off the post yeah had the opportunity and didn't work So for our grading system, would you recommend this film? No. <laughs> but if, you know, fan of, of you know, the Texas Chainsaw movies, um, I would say give it a watch and, you know, see what you think. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stop somebody from from seeing it. Um, it'd be, you know what? Just give it a watch. Give it a chance. And it's okay if you don't like it after seeing it. <laughs> you won't be alone. Yep. Um, essentially, copy paste. Uh, I'd recommend at least watching it once if you are a fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Um. I just missed the kind of I've always described at least like the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, even like three and four in the original run, is they're not real gory blood wise. 
mm. but they are total mind fuck of films, which I really love about them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this one was really missing too. If it's supposed to be a sequel to the original, like it was missing that mess with your head kind of stuff. Yeah. Like it, like it, it really, it, it could have been a good, you know, thriller or, or suspense or something like that. Like it, it could have, you know, if they, if they went that route, it would have worked, I think too. Like have the final girl who survived the shooting, have her have a little more, have that play into it a little bit more. Yeah. Like it, it did. It played its parts, but I think it, I think it could have maybe played a bigger part, like in the final showdown with her and Leatherface, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as soon as you because as soon as you meet her in the gas station, we know she's gonna be the final girl to face against Leatherface. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. The the one thing yeah too about this is it's kind of it kind of predictable because you can you kind of know who's gonna be the one who's gonna you know, outlast everybody and have that final thing. And so you're, you're, you kind of know what's going to happen, but then it's also a case of, you know, it's a funny thing where it's like, you you know, what's going to happen. You kind of know what, like how characters are going to go and things like that. But then you're also left like with questions on other things. So it's, <laughs> it's Yeah. I did have one last question for you as like a, almost like a hypothetical and know that I'm not attacking you personally. Okay. Okay. So for the people that say this is better than the original, do you think it's a generational thing? And like, do some people say like in your generation, do you like the slow burn horror movies not really work for your generation? Have they been spoiled? Have you, like your generation and younger, have they been spoiled by like a lot of more modern horror movies where you get the killer up front right away and all these over top gory kills or cause it seems, or can they not, or can the younger generations like yours and below not handle like a slow burn horror, like a Jaws, like a Halloween, like an exorcist, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like a black Christmas. And I know, I know, I know your opinions of some of those films. So I, I'm not, directing you i'm not attacking you directly but i'm just asking like a hypothetical do you think there's like a generational thing like a lot of these older horror movies that have that the slow burn build to it don't work for them i think so i I think it 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 doesn't work for for this generation like it's so much of of these like modern horror movies are so quick and fairly fast paced in the sense of it okay there's a killer and this is your story and it doesn't take long for things to start sort of happening in the film and you have these older movies that take time they they make your they they create this they tell you the story and they'll get to it at some point you know it it'll take a little bit but it's worth it. It's worth the, you know, the, the wait. And, you know, it can, it can be satisfying to see, to, to get to that point and, and have sort of that, you know, like the, the epic conclusion or, or something or the, the height of the, you know, movie. And 
you know, have it continue throughout. And yeah, I, I think I, I think with slow burns, I think they this generation gets bored. Um, they just they, they don't have that patience or appreciation for a movie that's you know not instantly going to reveal something to you. It's you know it's not going to spell it out for you. And I feel like that's what a lot of these modern horrors do. Um, they they really spell it out. They really give you everything. And so you don't really... So, so this younger generation doesn't really have to think about anything. <laughs> you know, they can just watch it and, and, okay, this is what's happening. Well, I don't really have to think about it. I don't really have to ask any questions about it. It's this is what's happening. And... So yeah, I I think there's I think it's kind of a lack of appreciation for that, and it's just they they want things now, and I think you know today's with with today's technology and how we get things so quickly, all this information through your social medias and all those things, they want the same thing in a movie, and so. If they don't get that, if they're they're, you know, younger or whatever, and they're, you know, watching Jaws or watching Black Christmas, they're probably gonna get bored by it because it's not, you know, getting to the point already. Or there's, you know, sharks aren't attacking people left, right, and center. Like, you know, like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, it's, they want they want to see the shark now. They want yeah. they want to, they want to see Billy's face. They want Reagan to be possessed now. Yeah. How come Michael's and, hiding in the dark? Yeah. You know they they're going to be asking those questions. So yeah, I, I think you know and unless you're you know you're a kid who who gets introduced to these older films and kind of grows up with them, you know, that's, that could be a little bit different where you have that appreciation, like a parent would, would, you know, share with you that appreciation for it and you may gain that. So I, I can't really say that like every kid in this generation, but there are obviously those who, yeah, it's just like now this has to happen now. Why isn't this happening? Would you get to the point already? Like, why <laughs> you know and it's just it seems yeah. like a lot of it seems like a lot of horror films these days too have to have like ham fist some shallow politics in there too yeah like and, the 29 like 2019 black christmas like this film mm-hmm. they have to put some political views in there and they have to ham fist it in there yeah or make it relevant in some way where you have where it's modern day you have the you know social medias you've got you know these these characters who are you know the um the, the hipsters the whatever um, uh, i think i believe they're called what social social media influencers yeah whatever like you it's it's trying to and that's something that about this movie too that it's trying to be relevant where it doesn't really work 
to be relevant or to make it a modern story. If you know what I mean, like you can you can take some things and and you know make it modern because it can work, but in in this sense it just it doesn't really work. And I feel like sometimes they they try that in a lot of films where it just it has to be relevant. You have to these you know they they're really catering to the generation of well you know like they they have to relate to it or they have to have things happen now and you know. It, it just it, it's it's kind of sad in a way because then you're you're not having them learn an appreciation for films and an appreciation for storytelling. I think it gets a little bit lost, and it's sad because there there is great stories and and movies that tell good stories and you know if losing that it just it's it's kind of heartbreaking in a way because it's just if it, so many movies will just be the same like it's a cookie cutter kind of thing and it it shouldn't be that way so so yeah i think you know the younger generation would probably get into this film because it's you know quick and not much to think about and simple and the, and sort of everything happens fairly quickly um so yeah. So I guess there you have it for our first episode of Let's Talk About It. Um I would say this film comes highly recommended, but we do recommend a it's worth at least one watch if you're a fan of the franchise. I, I think me and Melissa and I can agree on. Yep. Absolutely. It's a course exclusive to Netflix. I was telling my buddy Brad the night because I told him to watch it because I thought it might cheer him up if he wanted a good laugh. And I told him, I go, man, I go back in the day, man, the guy who wrote the script and the guy who greenlit it, they'd be chased out of town with pitchforks and torches. Now I'm sure they're getting praised because, yeah, it's getting a lot of downloads so they get everyone wants to see how bad it really is. I'm sure they're being praised over at Netflix right now. Yeah, a lot of people hate it, but you know what? <laughs> Look at all the downloads we're getting. Look at all the buzz it's getting. Mm-hmm. We gotta do another one. And there was an article I saw recently that there's talk about. It's nothing solid, but there's talk about there being a second one, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I hey. hope not. A, it's a slasher, so of course there's going to be another one. Yeah, true. But two, it's getting too much buzz to not do it. Like, there's just too much buzz around it for it to not do it. Yeah. I'd rather see like a Blum. I'd rather see like Blumhouse get their hands on this to like a, like a cheap five million dollar horror movie. Mhm. Back to basics, you know. Like, keep the gore if you want, but I want to. I want to. I want that Circus of the Bazaar back in, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. I just want insanity from these these characters, man. Mm-hmm. It's like the cinema snob says, like, yeah, like two, three, and four from the original run aren't very good by some people's standards, but they have moments that you remember about them that stand out, like how absolutely batshit crazy Matthew McConaughey is in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. <laughs> 
it may not be that best. It might not be the best in the franchise, but you remember it because Matthew McConaughey goes batshit crazy in it. <laughs> yep. So yep. if they, if if we do get another one, I'd like to say like I'd like to see them bring that back that more circus of the bazaar like the, a lot of the original films had. So I think that was one thing that made it stand out from some of the, that's what makes it stand out from Freddie, from Jason, from Michael Myers, is that while they're facing his family, the Sawyer family is just, they're nuts, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it would, it would, yeah, it would, it would be nice if they, you know, went the route of, of going back to, you know those original films and and you know getting getting that that you know the bizarreness back that that really uncomfortable feeling that you get watching the film like it's just ugh, you know <laughs> but, the total shift in this is what also didn't make it feel like a direct sequel yeah because Halloween 2018 feels like it could be a sequel to Halloween yeah. But this one, no, it, it's uh, no. Um, can't all be gems. And I'm sure if this other one comes out, I'm sure we'll be there to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll make me watch the end of it because I'll give up, and you'll be like, "No, go watch it." <laughs> oh. It also depends on how much Netflix raises their price again before the next one comes out. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got that nice little advertisement right before I uh, started watching this. Hey, hey, you want a, you want a second kick in the balls? Starting Tuesday, we're taking more money from you. Yeah. I mean, like how how. I mean, how I pay for it, like, I, I get a gift card, and then whatever amount comes off, so it's like, whatever, but still, it's like, oh. <laughs> if you're going to take an extra dollar from me, it better be more goddamn continuity in the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, assholes. <laughs> yeah, put some put some quality movies out, and then I can justify paying what I pay for it. You better give me fucking five more seasons of Chicago Party Ant and Cuphead and Big Mouth. Yes. <laughs> I will co-sign this. But uh any hooters. Uh Melissa, where can the uh listeners keep up with you if they choose to? Well, they can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram. Um I'm at at Miss Melissa N25 at on both things, um, all lowercase, nothing fancy. So you can find me there. And I also have um, a page on Instagram for all the art and doodles and things that I do, and it's called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. And it's all one word, lowercase, nothing fancy. So it's pretty easy to find. And where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. It's where you find pictures of my cats and pictures of my beard. 
And that's about it for now until tuck season starts up. Although I do have a play coming up here pretty soon, so I might have some stuff buzz around my social media about that. So stay tuned. Uh, as a podcast as a whole, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Nations Podcast. And you can send us an email at nerdnightednationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, you can find us in our home at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms, um, give us a rating and review because it helps us be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community. And it also allows for new listeners to come in and find us. And make sure you... Stay tuned to your podcast feeds because next time Melissa and I get together, we will be looking back at Zack Snyder's Justice League one year later. And yeah. well, I'm sure we'll probably kick around a few thoughts about the Batman too because I will be out of town by the time this goes on, by the time this episode goes out. So um, next time Melissa and I get together, we'll be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League and possibly the Batman. Mm-hmm. So for Melissa. I'm Jared. This has been another mini episode of the Nerd Nations podcast. I think we're going to do this again. We haven't decided which film we're going to do it again for, but we'll bring it back this year for sure. And we, we try to keep it spoiler free and positive. I think we kind of went off the old beaten path on both ends there, but what can you do? It, it's definitely a movie that was going to spark conversations. So. But, uh, the world is scary. But the best way we can get through it is to be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. Try anything, you're canceled, bro. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>